It is Thursday, August 27th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, two-time MTV Video Music Award watcher, J.P. Shadrick. I think I watched it more than twice back in the old days. Uh, welcome in, Jaguars Happy Hour. On this Thursday afternoon, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman with us. We'll have Tony Baselli at 4.30. Uh, Logs, good afternoon. What's happening with you? Good afternoon, J.P. All's good. Yeah, it's been a busy day around TIAA Bank Field, that's for sure. Here's what's coming up on the show today. Uh, the Jaguars discussing actionable change. Practice was moved back and actually was in question for a little while today. The Jags did take the practice field a little later. We'll get into some of the reasons why. We'll hear from Doug Marone and wide receiver Chris Conley. The season is two weeks away. Two weeks from tonight will be the first NFL game of the season. It's coming quick. The Jags have a lot of work to get done between now and two weeks from now, including a scrimmage this Saturday. We'll preview a little bit of that, what to expect, and we'll go around the National Football League. Let's start logs with today. The Jaguars had their normal scheduled practice for 9.45 today, but they got started at 11.25. There were some team meetings. Doug Marone was scheduled to meet the media at 10 till 9 this morning. That came and went. There was a message from the PR staff saying that uh, Marone's press availability would be postponed. There was no time given. And then there was a question about practice as well, where apparently there was a team meeting going on about everything that has happened in Wisconsin over the last few days. And, you know, of course, the, the night before, NBA teams were walking off the floor in the playoff games, and they postponed all those games last night. Some Major League Baseball teams were stepping away in protest as well. So the Jaguars are trying to figure out as a team what they were going to do, if they were going to do anything today about that. And there was a vote held, and the team voted to go out and practice together. Doug Marone explained a little bit the morning that was at TIAA Bank Field. You know, today, you know, decisions to go out and practice. I'm sure there was, you know, players that, you know, didn't want to practice. Maybe there was coaches. Maybe there was everyone. I don't, I don't know. But what I do know is that we were able to express a lot of opinions, a lot of emotion. Um, at the end of the day, somehow, you know, come together and, and go out there. And I think that somewhere along the line, we've, we've got to figure that out because obviously we want to do something that's, that's actionable, something that, you know, could, could create uh, change. That's head coach Doug Marone after practice today. Logs, the vote, apparently, according to Chris Conley, was one vote difference. 37-36 were the numbers he gave. So that's a, quite a, that's a, about as narrow of a margin as you can get, obviously. But the team did come together after that and go out and practice. That's a lot of moving parts on a, on a practice day in training camp. Well, I think, I think uh, emotions running pretty high with what happened in Kenosha, Wisconsin. And, uh, and I think probably a lot of players feel like, okay, here we go again. And wh what do we have to do to make this not happen again? And so I think there's a little bit of frustration there. There's certainly uh, uh, a lot of deep thought that's involved here. 
And, and I think that you, you probably have some players that sit there and say, hey, look, you know, uh, I emotionally can't get ready for a practice. And then there's some players that's, that say, hey, look, uh, we still have a job and let's go to practice because that's what we are. We're football players. And then we can have actionable change at another time. But, uh, but I understand it. And it, it, it's a difficult time because – so many other athletes have already reacted, and I think with the Jaguars and other players or football players that are trying to figure out how can they best draw attention to this so that this doesn't happen again, they're trying to figure out the best way to do that. And, and that's tough. I mean, it, it's hard. It's, it's hard to figure out what's, what the right thing to do is, and it's certainly a position that the players, uh, first of all, I give them credit for being in it to begin with because for many years, I mean, it, 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 there was never a position taken by the players really for, for anything. I mean, there was, I don't want to say there, if there was a fear, but there was a hesitancy to jump out in front and say, I don't approve of this and we want to see something change. So I give the players credit from that standpoint, but there also is, there's a long way to go, uh, a long way to go. And, and I don't know what the right action is, but, uh, but I think the players are trying to find out exactly what that is as well. Well, and of course, Logs, it starts at the top of the organization here. You remember a couple of months ago, right after um, the George Floyd incident in Minneapolis, oh, the Jaguars decided to march to the police station here in Jacksonville and back. Uh, that was in the midst of the, the COVID uh, pandemic and everything going on. So that was the first time in a long time everybody had kind of been in the same place. And then a few days later, Leonard Fournette led a march downtown with the mayor and the sheriff involved in that one as well. And then Mr. Khan has a statement basically uh, saying that the Jaguars will be at the forefront of these discussions here and in players' communities. And so that's what this is going to be. And, then, and even after those marches, Doug Marone spoke and said, hey, we're going to dedicate time to this. It's that important to our organization, our city, um, and our players that – even in the midst of training camp, when something comes up like this, they have to give it time because it's important to uh, the football team and the community. And that's, that's, that's really what Doug Marone thinks, Logs. Yeah, and uh, boy, I mean, it's, uh, I, I give Doug a lot of credit, first off, because, I mean, these are challenging times. And he's having to maneuver uh, with a lot of different things going on. You know, you have a worldwide pandemic, you're trying to coach a football team, and now you have social issues that are, are right at the, at the forefront of a lot of people's thoughts and a lot of you know, his, his employees or his players' thoughts. So uh, kudos to Doug for managing a lot of that. Uh, kudos to the Jaguars for being out in front with some of those things and supporting the players going all the way back to the, to the march in Jacksonville. Uh, and then most recently, JP, the Jaguars named a person to a position to help address some of these issues with the organization, with the players and in the community. I want to make sure I get this right. It's Tanisha Tate, who was just recently named Vice President of Social Responsibility and Impact. And so kudos to the Jaguars and Mark Lamping and, and Shad Khan for taking action that they feel like will lead to more action. And uh, because, you know, at, at players are players. And, and so a lot of times they want to know what's best and they need to find out what's the best way to maybe go about things. And I think having Tanisha in that role, I think will 
guide the energy, at least I'm hoping, that will guide that energy to a productive outcome for what the intentions are. So uh, credit to the Jaguars. I give them a lot of credit. Tanisha is a Jacksonville native, went to Reigns High School, so she knows the lay of the land here very well, and that'll be a fantastic role for her. You know, this comes after the last couple of days, obviously, after what happened in Wisconsin, and the Lions canceled practice a couple of days ago, the first NFL team to do anything like that with this incident. And then the NBA decided to postpone playoff games. Well, the Bucks walk off the floor, and the league had to basically postpone all the playoff games. They, they, they want to start uh, forfeiting playoff games. That's uh, not a great look, certainly. So they postponed them, and then there was a big players meeting in the NBA uh, last night. Would they even finish the playoffs? Well, cooler heads have prevailed with that. It sounds like they're going to finish the playoffs there or continue them. At least a few Major League Baseball teams have uh, had games postponed or they walked off the field. Others, I think the Oakland A's today, are not planning on play playing in their game. Uh, but now the question today was could NFL games at some point be in jeopardy if an instance like this were to happen again in the future during the NFL's regular season? Chris Conley was asked that after practice today. And, of course, Chris was, was vocal in those marches a couple of months ago here in Jacksonville, and he said it would take a united front by the faces of the league. You see the leaders and people in the other leagues who stand up and say that they're, they're sitting down, and those are the guys. Those are the LeBrons. You know, those are the, the, the Currys. Those are the, those are the guys who are at the top of their game in the face of the league. The same thing would need to happen uh, in the NFL for that to happen. And uh, until then, uh, I'm not sure. Uh, Conley is a very eloquent speaker, of course. He had that uh, fantastic speech on the stairs at the police station a couple of months ago and was one of the, the most vocal that day and uh, is a, a big piece of, of what the Jaguars were doing today leading up to practice or not practice. You know, and it's it's a valid point because he made this point too, Logs, that there's so many players involved in the NFL, and there are different tiers of players, right? A quarterback has a little more uh, juice, if you will, than you know the third-string guard who's a rookie, right? That's just kind of how it works. Um, it's fair, but it's not equal was the term he used. So that's what it would take. If, if all of a sudden if a third-string guard doesn't want to sit out, they'll find another third-string guard. If a starting quarterback, well, let, who's an MVP let, candidate, let me, let me jump might in have a little here, more JP. juice. Let me just jump in here a little bit because you know, I understand that, look, the, the reason why you maybe don't have a game or, or, or boycott a game or, or say we don't want to practice is you're trying to draw attention to a matter. Totally get that. Uh, the one thing, though, that I, I'm not sure of is – if you, if you get in the NFL season, and this is all purely hypothetical, but if you get in the NFL season and you say, okay, well, we don't want to play because something happens, does that, does that uh, affect actionable change? And, and I think that's the question that needs to be asked and answered before, before anybody decides not to do it. You know? and, and, and I think Bruce Arians, the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, talked about it a little bit today when he met with the media over there. And he said that, you know, for the players, don't protest, you know, take action. And whatever that action is, I, I don't know the answer to that. 
But just protesting or saying, okay, we're not going to practice, if that's not going to create change, then, then don't do it. Cre you know, do something that's going to be productive. And, and like I said, I don't know the answer to that, but uh, I think there's a lot of really bright minds that the NFL can lean on. And I think that's the whole reason why the Jaguars have Tanisha in that role is that, you know, hey, look, you know, to provide guidance, you know, to, to provide help, to, to make the right decisions for, for a football team and also to create actionable change. So, uh, and it's a touchy subject. I mean, which, you know, what's the right thing? And, you know, and locker rooms, JP, are no different than society. Locker rooms have opinions, and they all vary. That. Yeah, that's right. I mean, that's, and there's, what, 80, 80 it's, guys it's in there JP. right now from 80 different backgrounds. It's, it's no different than if you have a quarterback controversy, and I'm not trying to, to kind of compare um, the social issues that we have today with you know, who's the starting quarterback, but I'm, I'm just trying to use this as an example of how opinions can be so varied. And that, uh, you know, I've been in locker rooms before to where we've had a quote-unquote quarterback controversy. And the locker room might be just as split as a fan base. And so when you're talking about issues of social matter, it may be no different in that you have 100 different opinions and you've only got 80 guys because one guy may have two opinions and he's not sure which way to think. You know, so uh, Challenging times, certainly. I know that Pete Carroll was posed the question about could there be games that will not be played in the season? And, and Pete put it quite simply. He said, you know, maybe. You know, I mean, we're going to have to see. And, and Pete has been, uh, a, a, I think, a, a very supportive member uh, of the player's voice in all of this. And, uh, and, and Pete is not afraid and never has been afraid. And I know Pete. I've been around him a long time. He's never been afraid of addressing social issues and and I commend commend Doug Marone for not having any fear whatsoever of addressing it and you could also see a little bit of a pained expression with Doug Marone today and that you know he as he said he said you know in a position of leadership sometimes you you want to create actionable change but you know you're sometimes not sure what to do so a uh, tough position to be in and, and I credit a lot of the players in the league for for taking action and but I think we've got to find a way to make sure that the action is going to be productive. Well, all I know is that the conversations continue. The Jaguars canceled all football matters the rest of the day after practice, and a team meeting started around 3 o'clock today and apparently is expected to go for a little while. I don't think there's a time limit on that one tonight. So uh, the conversation continues amongst the Jacksonville Jaguars today, though they did get the practice in today. Uh, let's come back in a moment and uh, we'll hear from Doug Marone again a little more about this morning. We'll get into football. There's, as we said, logs two weeks from the season, a scrimmage coming up Saturday and a lot still to get done for this football team. We are off and running on Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday afternoon, the Jaguars Digital Network.
Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's handmade vodka distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Tito'sVodka.com. Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization. That's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity jaguars fans whether it's on the field or in your finances the key to success is a solid plan from high yield banking to home lending into retirement and beyond tiaa bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money it's time for a plan start building your legacy today at tiaabank.com jaguars tiaa bank is a division of tiaa fsp member fdic Equal Housing Lender and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hey Jacksonville, this is Joe Adib from Bonos. I just want to let you know that we have now reopened all of our dining rooms. We appreciate all the love that you have showed us during this crisis. For over 71 years, we have been here for you through good times and bad. Our award-winning barbecue and our unbelievable staff look forward to seeing you soon. Be safe. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual. Ensuring those who serve. At ViStar, we believe in better. Better convenience. So members can bank any way they want. Whether it's at a branch, on a mobile device, or at one of more than 20,000 fee-free ATMs across North America. We believe that people have better things to do with their time. If you believe that convenience is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Where I beat myself up is, is like, you know, when you're in a position of leadership or, you know, you have a voice uh, within a team, you... You want to be able to, you know, show a path, show a way. You 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 listen and you just and and right now I I don't know that I I don't know what you know what that path is. But we are committed, you know, as a team to finding it and committing to taking the time, um, you know, to get it done.
after practice and welcome back to Jaguars happy hour on this Thursday afternoon. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Bono's Pit Barbecue is showing support for Frontline Heroes by creating a Feed the Frontline campaign. Help support our local doctors, nurses, and hospital workers by donating meals to honor their brave and dedicated efforts during this difficult time. Call 332-7427 and donate today. All that going on, Logs, right? The... Um, we touched on this last segment, but it's, I think it's worth noting again and, and maybe with a little more emphasis how challenging this was going to be anyway for head coach Doug Marone and Dave Caldwell. And, and Dave will, will join us on the Doug Marone show at 5 o'clock. But then you throw in the pandemic, COVID-19 and everything that happened, no off-season program, it's all virtual, nothing on the field. Um, you got a, a young team, right? 12 draft picks. There were 30 rookies on the roster in the offseason. That's a lot of youth in a pandemic and all that. And then all the social justice initiatives that are uh, starting to come back around again a couple of months ago. And then now during training camp, that is a lot uh, on a head coach's plate and a GM's plate, especially in a year where they're kind of up against it, Logs. I mean, they've got to win some games here. There's a lot going on right now, especially for, for Doug Marone. Yeah, I, I think it's a, a tremendous challenge and a, and a challenging year. And let me just add this here, too, because, you know, with, uh, with the news that we're talking about now, it seems to be at the forefront of a lot of conversation that's going on in our country right now. Oh, by the way, there was a hurricane that just went through and affected right. the residents of Louisiana, Texas, and also parts uh, north of, of there. And so thoughts and prayers go out to those affected from Hurricane Laura, because I know that a lot of the conversation right now is, is not about that. And uh, don't want uh, anybody to think that, you know, you forget about them in, in that type of situation, because we've been through that before. Uh, dealing with hurricanes. So just just a quick thought uh, on that. Yeah, that's a good point. And the, that, that was not on the list, at least in the Jaguars world yet, but it has been in the past. Yes, that's, that's the I think the one thing that, knock on wood, and I've got a table right here that we don't really have to deal with directly this year. Now, to football. Logs were two weeks away from the first NFL game. So you know, that's that's coming in hot all of a sudden. The Jags have a scrimmage on Saturday at the stadium, and then they're going to shut down training camp mode. The media won't be allowed out there after stretch, really, at that point, or individual work. They'll be out of there, so regular season rules are back in effect. You know, this is uh, – you're at this point now where it's two weeks – um, you, the, at some point, the hay's got to be in the barn, and, and opening day, you'll, you'll tee it up at, at 1 o'clock on the 13th of September. Well, when you, when you say the hay is in the barn, the hay can actually mean a, a lot of different things. Um, it could mean your roster. It could mean your preparation. It could mean your game plans. It could mean your physical health and well-being. I mean, there's, there's not a lot that's going to affect any kind of, of change in football between now and the opener. You know, and I, and I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens once you get into the regular season, JP. And kind of what I'm referring to here is that every team right now is kind of operating under the shroud of secrecy and that you, you're not uh, the, the performance of your players, the performance of your team, the scheme of your team, None of that is getting out and put on film because there's no preseason games. 
and nothing's getting publicized. Uh, obviously, local media is restricted in every market as far as you know, how in-depth that they can go in describing what they're seeing on the practice field, including everybody, you know, whether it's, it's team media or it's, it's local print media or TV media. So what happens when you get to cut down time and you've got to make a decision of who the 53 are going to be and who the 16 are going to be on your practice squad? And what kind of change do you have? Because, you know, in a normal year when you're having a, an organization that is essentially undergoing a rebuild, like we kind of consider what the Jaguars are doing now because of the commitment to youth and, and the number of subtractions compared to what the additions are, they are clearly in that mode of trying to, to rebuild a football team and trying to win at the same time. Don't get me wrong. But when you have that situation, you typically have a football team like the Jaguars in the position they're in, that they're going to go out and they're going to get other players from the other teams and be able to kind of scout what those players that they have had scouting reports on from college and compare that to what their performance has been in the preseason. And there's always been maybe 04, 05, maybe up to seven roster changes right before you get to committing to what your 53 are going to be going into opening week because you're changing out a few phases and names. Uh, prior to that opener with guys from other teams. So how much of that will happen? Uh, so that's kind of a little bit of a curiosity to me. And, uh, and we're going to see what's going to happen. And Dave Caldwell and the scouts, I mean, they're going to have to refer probably more so back to what their rating system was prior to the draft. And there really hasn't been any update to that because they haven't seen the player in maybe the Giants camp or the Saints camp or whatever team that the player that they like is residing at currently now. You know, I, I, to that point, I, I glazed over a story today at, that the Bills were looking at media reports of other teams come cut time. And I thought to myself, <laughs> that's not news. That happens all the time anyway. Like there's somebody in every department that looks at every clipping, every media report to see if there's something maybe they've missed in scouting anyway. But this year becomes oh so much more important if they see something, some kind of tidbit in uh, another team's media maybe. That could tip them off that, uh, that they like a guy. Well, so, I mean, so D-Rock, Mike DiRocco, who's Jaguars beat writer, he better knock it off. He better stop talking about all these, you know, these <laughs> hidden gems that the Jaguars have and and, uh, and all the other reporters as well. You know, so Hayes, Carline, all those guys. Man, stop it. Brett Martin, no stop. You can't do that. <laughs> so, I mean, but didn't I just read today that there was a team's media member of the Buffalo Bills? Up, right? That's what you're talking about. That's he right. got fired because yeah. he well, was two different stories, to but Steve yes. Tasker – Okay, on a radio show and was talking about scheme and also the performance of the players. Did I read that correctly? That's right. Uh, well, Chris Brown is his name, and he's, he's been there for a long, long time with the Bills and hosts a radio show and is a writer for the team website and um, contributes basically like we're doing, you know. Um, but it would be the equivalent of John Osher getting whacked or getting sent out of practice, right, for a while. So... Uh, basically was talking about some things on a radio show that apparently the Bills did not want him or anyone to discuss, and uh, the Bills took action internally, it sounds like. Hmm. Interesting. I mean, interesting. And, uh, you know, I look at uh, football's not rocket science. 
Um, but I totally understand that, you know, you don't want to be talking about, you know, maybe all of a sudden there's some guy that uh, is having a phenomenal camp, and, but you've got a lot of phenomenal guys at that position, and you'd like to find a way maybe to sneak him onto the practice squad or, or maybe find a way to, uh, and here's the other thing, if you have a guy that's performing really well and you're stacked at a position, so maybe sometimes you'd like to get the word out. So maybe you tell your, your in-house media guy, hey, man, spread the word that uh, Joe Schmo is having a heck of a camp because we want to maybe trade Joe Schmo or trade the other guy. You know, so uh, it can kind of be a two-way street, you know, and, and unfortunate that what happened to the guy in Buffalo. And, uh, you know, hopefully that doesn't happen to anybody else like me. Or you, JP. <laughs> or, or me. Yeah, no, neither one of us. No, nobody on this staff. We don't want that happening. Uh, let's come back. Um, and Bo Tony Baselli is going to join us. Um, you might have heard of him. Former left tackle for the Jacksonville Jaguars. Uh, pick your must-see matchups and save. Now you have the flexibility to see your team on your terms. Use the priority access window and create a plan that fits your budget and schedule, whether you want tickets for one game or a custom package for two or more games. Go to Jaguars.com or call 633-2000 and choose your plan today. One of the few teams in the NFL, the Jacksonville Jaguars, that are selling tickets. Yes, and they are planning on having fans week one. Back in a moment, it's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Jaguars fans, here's a great way to pay with pride wherever you go. Exclusively from TIAA Bank, the Jacksonville Jaguars Visa Debit Card comes with a fierce look and fantastic features, along with the convenience to make purchases online or at millions of locations worldwide. And it's yours, free, when you open a Yield Pledge checking account. Order yours today. Visit TIAABank.com slash JagsCard. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Ready, set, save. It's the Labor Day Sellathon at your local Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2020 Ford lineup. Get low financing on an adventure ready SUV like Escape or Explorer and the ready to go Ford Ranger. Or get big savings on the built Ford Tough F 150. You've waited for these deals and the wait is over. Ready, set, save. The Labor Day Sellathon is going on now. Don't wait, these deals won't last. Hurry to your local Ford dealer because it all ends September 8th. Football is back. And Gardner Minshew and the Jaguars are ready to win. Visit Jaguars.com and join us at the bank. Season tickets mean you'll be there in person for a Thursday night matchup with the Dolphins, a rivalry game against the Steelers, and crucial contests with our AFC South Division opponents. The Jaguars are taking every precaution to keep our fans safe and ensure we can be too involved together this fall. Limited capacity seats remain. Visit Jaguars.com or call 904-633-2000 and lock in your seats for the 2020 season. Wow. 
Dreamfinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. Dreamfinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the Dreamfinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at dreamfindershomes.com. Dreamfinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice. Equal housing opportunity. At Tropical Smoothie Cafe, one taste and you're hitting refresh now, palm trees swaying now, letting loose now, busting a move now, cranking up the beats now, hands in the air now, feeling free now. You're on Tropic Time now. And right now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe, try our watermelon mojito and guava margarita smoothies. And you're tasting fruity now, sipping sunshine now, toasting summer now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. I think something was going to happen. Um, was I prepared for it? Um, not prepared in a way of, you know, knowing what I was going to say or anything of that nature. I'm not, I'm not that type of guy. I'm more of just talking from my heart and talking about how I feel, and you know, and, and that's what I did with the with the team. Head coach Doug Marone after practice today, meeting with the media, and welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour on this Thursday. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman will have the Doug Marone Show coming up at the top of the hour. Dave Caldwell, general manager for the Jags, steps in for the head coach today. Tony Baselli, noted left tackle, steps in now. Tony, good afternoon. What's up? What's going on, fellas? Just recapping a busy day around TIAA Bank Field. Tony, the, uh, I'm sure you've heard by now, the Jaguars uh, moved back practice today, and there were questions of even going out to the practice field. Some other teams around the league uh, were calling off practices today in response to what happened in Wisconsin a few days ago. And, of course, the NBA games were all postponed last night and again tonight. And apparently uh, it sounds like they're going to start playing uh, postseason games again in the NBA, some Major League Baseball games. But the Jags had a big meeting this morning about it and a team vote. And by one vote, apparently, according to Chris Conley, the Jaguars decided to go to practice. And not just part of the team. The rest of the guys who voted no went out there, too. That kind of tells you that's a big moment early in a team's formation, right, Tony, when all of a sudden it's that divided. <sighs> Yeah, it's it's interesting. Um, I mean, obviously, you know, since uh, I mean, not just since the George Floyd uh, situation, which happened in Minneapolis, and now with the young man in Wisconsin, uh, Jacob Blake. I mean, obviously, you know, you hate to see, and, you, and I think Chris Conley said it very well. You value, we need to value life in all lives, and it, it, you don't like to see anyone lose their life and and obviously there's uh, a lot of information that, we, that needs to be found out and, and investigated and everything else and um, but regardless of how it happened the ending is bad and it's not good and it, we're very uh, it seems like a very divided um, at times uh, on some of these really big issues and I think the players are trying to find their voice and, and find 
you know, how, how can they, because they're frustrated, and how can they respond to it in a meaningful way? Um, I thought it was interesting, you know, and I don't know if you guys talked about this, Bruce Arians said something that I thought was pretty uh, well said, you know, that people need to take action. Um, but, you know, in his experience, and he says all the way back to the 60s, uh, he's obviously a little bit older than us. Uh, pro- he, he didn't see protesting doing too much, but that we need to take action, you know, whether it's giving to a, a cause or getting involved in a cause that's going to bring about real change. And, and it made me think, and, and, and it was right around the time of the Jaguars making the decision whether they're going to practice or not and voting, which I find, you know, it's interesting uh, of a way to make a decision. And also, you know, several other, other teams um, not practicing, and we saw what the NBA did. I, I guess my question would be whether you practice or not or whether you play an NBA game yesterday or not, because now they're going to play, um, as you said, JP. What What is the – what are what's the purpose? What do you what are what is the end goal that you're trying to accomplish by not practicing? Um, what is that going to change by not practicing? Um, is it you know you could argue it's going to bring more attention to the issue? I would argue that there's a lot of attention right now on the issue. Now, are we getting where we need to go fast enough? You know you could argue not not even close, um, which happens a lot of times in this country when something becomes political and there's you know, and everything around an election and the, the, the circumstances we find ourselves in right now. But I, I kept on asking myself, guys, like what, like the NBA not playing. Is that going to change anything? A team not practicing, is that going to change anything? I, th- I think the only way we see real change is that you have to have real hard, honest conversations um, where people can influence change and, and bring about uh, changes, whether it's, you know, uh, reform around how people uh, police uh, happens, racial inequality or whatever um, of the issues that we want to address. But it's, it has to be, I think, bigger than just sitting at a game um, or a practice. And so I, I kind of found myself wondering and, I, and then circling back to what Bruce Arians said is that it, like as a player, and I know a lot of players in the NFL do this in, in the NBA, uh, you know, whether it's a LeBron James starting schools or people giving to found local foundations or whatever, that's how you're going to have to make really meaningful change. Um, and then, you know, and then you work your way up into the, you know, into the government, local, starting a local government all the way up to try to make uh, significant changes of, of major issues. But I, I mean, sitting out of practice, I'm not sure, I'm not sure what message that sends um, to people. Right. So um, the Jaguars voted to practice today by one vote. They were out there the full time a little bit later today. It started at 1125 instead of uh, 945 this morning and uh, meetings continue this afternoon. And this will be part, uh, it sounds like, as we heard a couple months ago, this will be part of how um, the Jaguars have to operate from uh, really maybe the rest of the season. Doug Marone said they're going to carve out time for conversations like this and uh, today, it was uh, felt like it was certainly needed, and they will continue. Well, so, uh, let's and, move. And J- yes. JP, uh, J- and, JP. And that's good. I, I mean, I think that's right. I mean, I think Doug's trying to do you know the best he can to lead and to encourage conversation and to allow players to share their frustrations. Um, but I, I would, I would encourage is is not allow the frustrations and the conversations to lead to action, like. We're going to do this so because we want to accomplish this. So we're going to do X so we can accomplish Y. Whatever that Y is for you as an individual or as a team or as an organization or whatever it is. Because um, 
because I think the most important thing that we need to see happen is using a football kind of metaphor. You need to see the, you know, the ball move down the field in making progress. And so I hope that in all these conversations and for all of us, I mean, I think we should all be having these conversations amongst our families and friends and, and in, you know, in our communities. Um, but we're talking about sports today, whether it's the NFL or the NBA or any other major league uh, uh, professional sport. The, the frustration is genuine and it's real and the feelings are real. Um, but I, I hope it, it, it leads to some solution. Um, that that we say we're going to do whatever stand we're going to take, whatever form of pro- uh, pro- uh, protesting, which is what makes this country great. You have the ability to do that, um, whether it's missing a playoff game or a, a practice or whatever, or the conversations that Doug is going to facilitate to have those conversations. Those are all good, but they have to lead to some action um, that initiated change, in my opinion. Uh, let's move along now. Of course, we, we've discussed this uh, at, at good length today, and these discussions will continue on this program, certainly. Um, but guys, we're, and Logs, you and I were just touching on this, we're two weeks away from football. <laughs> Thursday night football is two weeks away. Um, so what's, in your guys' opinion, what's left for this team to get done in camp? What is the most pressing issue on the field for this team? Logs, I'll start with you. Uh, with two weeks to go, a little over two weeks until opening day? Well, I, I think offensively, it's all about timing and comfort level and kind of having that relationship between your quarterback and all of his weapons to where there's a, a comfort level of knowing between, and this is both ways now, to where Gardner knows where his guys are going to be at and they have an expectation of where he wants them to be at. So. And this is something that, I mean, even though you sit there and you go, boy, they've been in camp a long time and they've been practicing a long time, they really haven't. And that's one of the things I think you go back to the one of the most efficient offenses that had incredible timing. You go back to the San Francisco 49ers when they were great under uh, Bill Walsh and continuing on a little bit under George Seifert. And they just had so many reps and reps and reps and reps. And that was what was one of their big things in practice was reps because the more reps you get, the better the timing is and the better the efficiency of the offense is. And so as an offense, I mean, look, the Jaguars got lots of work still to do. Lots of work still to do. Because if you take into account the amount of time that they missed from the OTAs, the mini camps, et cetera, and now they're trying to make up for lost time here in this abbreviated training camp that doesn't have any preseason games, that's a challenge, big challenge. But they got a lot of work to do offensively, uh, defensively. They may have some work to do from a personnel standpoint. We don't know that along the defensive front. Uh, but they certainly got a lot of work to do there with a lot of young players. They've got a new linebacker, got a young cornerback. I mean, there's a lot of things to figure out defensively. So still, uh, the, the hey, JP, is not necessarily in the barn yet. And uh, <laughs> no. they still got a lot of work to do. That lo- uh, Tony, that's a long list yeah. of things. Yeah, I'm Jeff, you say the hay's not in the barn yet. I think they're still cutting it. I think they're still in the field cutting. Forget about getting into the bailing it and getting into the barn. I mean, we're at the beginning stages of this thing. I mean, I think we forget. I mean, it's um, this offseason's been so crazy. We forget that, yeah, they second year quarterback, brand new offensive coordinator trying to put an offense in on the run. And, Jeff, as I know you do the same as I do, as I, I was watching the tape today on the iPad, and you go click and you find the practice. 
This is the 10th training camp practice. 10. That was that was week one of camp for us. And that's after OTAs and mini camps, all things they did not have this year. That is day 10. Uh, and some of those practices are abbreviated because of, you know, how they had to um, work their way in. I think mean, there were 90-minute padded practices. So, and, uh, and then you add on top of that, you have maintenance days for guys. So I think we have uh, a long way to go and a short time to get there is the old movie Smokey and the Bandit. And, and I, and I think Jeff's right. It's timing with the young quarterback. Um, you know, you have young players, uh, Sinal is a rookie that looks like they're, you know, they're going to count on him. A guy in Tyler Eifert, who's brand new, um, has never worked with the quarterback, you know, so you have a number of new pieces. Now you're going to have to have that. I think one of the keys guys is going to be that offensive line. They're going to have to play well. The offensive line is going to have to play well, and they're going to have to run the ball with Leonard Fournette. Because I know we love all, we all love Minshew and Minshew Magic, and I'm all for it. Like, dial it up. Let's get the magic going, and let's watch this thing go. The bottom line is it's going to take time, and it's not going to be perfect early. Now, the good news is you hope you run into some other teams that are very disorganized and have growing pains at the same time, and you kind of get some sloppy plays, and you get some big plays offensively. But for the consistency part of it, they're going to have to get the run game going. And they're going to have to get, you know, that, that means that starts with the offensive line and then it goes right to Fournette afterwards. And so I think that is so critical on that side of the ball. And then, I mean, Jeff, we haven't even talked about the defense. I mean, you could go down the list of concerns and things as far as tr still trying to get ready. And I think it starts with the front seven. Um, and I'll even boil it down. It starts with the front four and then I'll even go narrower, narrower than that. It starts with the inside too, you know, I think the middle of that defense is going to get stressed and it already is stressed with injuries and opt outs and everything else. And, uh, and they're going to have to stop the run. And so it's funny. You talk about all the things and all the fun pieces and we have some fun pieces are put together. It comes down to the good old thing that all football comes down to, in my opinion, can you control the line of scrimmage? Can you stop the run and run the ball? Um, because you can't do either one of those. It is so hard to win in this league. JP, let me, let me add something to what, what Tony's talking about because, you know, you sit there and you, and you think, Tony, about how this football team still has a ways to go. You know, what was – we had the benefit when you had preseason games. You kind of had a gauge, you know, because you go against another opponent and you'd get feedback, you know, where are we at as a team? You know, where is our run defense at? Where is our pass offense at? You know, how do we measure up against this team even though we're just playing basic preseason football? Well, the one thing I think that's challenging is you're not getting that. You know, so are you maybe getting a uh, false sense of security, thinking that, okay, you know, we're, we're doing pretty good in this area? Or are you maybe getting a false sense of the opposite and that, hey, you know, we're probably not doing very good in this area, but maybe you are doing okay. But it's, it's hard because, you know, if you just have ho homework and homework and homework and you never have a test, how do you know? You know, so... I think that's what's going to make this season and this football team so intriguing because you just you have no idea. I mean, you really don't. I mean, you haven't had – and not that we were able to judge where a team was at in the preseason anyway. I mean, because a lot of times the preseason can give you a, another total false sense of security. Going back to a few years ago, Tony and I both were sitting there going, put this team in bubble wrap, they're ready to go, and then they come out in the regular season <laughs> and a complete and utter failure. <laughs> but, but a lot of the – just the individual players and where they are, that's where you, you I think you got a, 
a pretty good understanding. Not Maybe not as a team, but you can certainly gauge X player against another team in a certain situation, and you don't get that benefit now. Well, plus, Jeff, as a player, I enjoyed – like, I didn't want four preseason games. I didn't really want two preseason games. But, like, two series, three series, maybe a quarter and a half out there working against someone else, kind of get your sea legs ready and, you know, get a little bit of work. I always thought that was nice because after camp – I mean, I'll think back when – even as a young player, you and I were practicing against each other. Heck, after the first week, I knew what movie you were going to do, and I knew that what you liked. You liked to chop, and you, you know you're going to change it up every once in a while with a bull and inside move. And I mean, I knew who Jeff Logman was, so I started setting and doing things to block Jeff Logman. Well, now all of a sudden, you're blocking, you know, you know, a speed rusher, a, a light guy who's outside running 100 miles an hour. Like it's just nice to get a different feel and see a different guy across from you in a game situation, because like game situations as an offensive lineman, I'll speak for me. Like, in practice, I knew, like, Logs wasn't going to hit the quarterback. Because if he did, there was going to be a big fight, and I was going to whip his rear end for hitting the quarterback. In a game, <laughs> you know, it's live. You're going you're going through the whistle. I just I, – I think that that stuff matters, and especially for a young team. Now, if we were talking about, you know, the Pittsburgh Steelers and Ben Roethlisberger and a veteran offensive line like DeCastro and Pouncey, and these guys have been around forever, you know, I'm not as concerned. Like, you'd like it, but these guys will figure it out and get through it maybe a little bit better. Um, but we got such a young team. And, you know, and so there's going to be some growing pains, and they got a lot of work to do, and they got a short, you know, not a lot of time to get there. And, and it, <laughs> opening weekend, I'm looking, I can't wait. It's going to be fun, but it's going to be interesting because I have no idea what to expect. I don't think any of us do, but I know one thing you, you misspoke there, Tony. You said you blocked Jeff Lagerman, and we all know that Jeff Lagerman is unblockable. Okay. <laughs> no. no to, JP, Tony was being nice, and he said, "Oh, okay, I got used to blocking Logaman." He was, if he was being totally honest, he would have said, "I needed to get a guy that had more speed and had more power, so that I could get <laughs> used to true. seeing other guys around the National Football League." And for me, I wanted to see an offensive tackle that I could beat, so I could get some confidence going into the season. <laughs> no, but it's but it all joking aside, like like logs, I was like like I would set with the when I blocked logs, I was not setting deep. Like logs right. like he's never beating me around the corner. Like it was like never even worried about it. I mean I was like I knew I was athletic enough to recover. But I did worry about I better play my hands slow because he's gonna try to chop the crap out of him and <laughs> and use leverage and I knew that I better be ready for the bull. Which, by the way, Logs, you couldn't do that bull anymore with the new rules that just came out, how they're going to emphasize uh, defensive linemen lowering the head to bull rush. And so, it would, it would, I mean, and so, but I knew that was one of the things Logs was going to do. And, but, and that was great work, but you also knew you're going to yep. face all different kinds of guys. So, and listen, it's never perfect in training camp, but if you look in the past, even last year for this team, you got to go up to Baltimore, you got the preseason. You're practicing against other teams. I mean, those are all valuable situations for two things. One, guys get ready to play a game. But I think we're also discounting for a coaching staff in a uh, front office to evaluate your roster. Like, I have no idea, watching the practices that I've watched, how you're going to evaluate that bottom 10, you know, some, so from, from 45 to 55 of your roster this year. And, it, I mean, Joe DiCamillis has a tough job to build the special teams oh, yeah. out and find those guys. Um, 
because you usually find those guys in preseason. All right, let's come back in a moment. We'll uh, touch around the NFL in our final segment. It is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com Looking to be your own boss in a proven business model? Do you like construction and working outdoors? Superior Fence and Rail is franchising in new markets all over the Southeast. From Birmingham to Savannah and even a few more markets in Florida. Come win with Superior Fence and Rail and redefine the fence industry. So get off the fence and call Superior Fence and Rail to learn more about starting a fence franchise today. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com Jaguars fans, whether it's on the field or in your finances, the key to success is a solid plan. From high-yield banking to home lending, into retirement and beyond, TIAA Bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money. It's time for a plan. Start building your legacy today at TIAABank.com slash Jaguars. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSP, member FDIC, equal housing lender and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. In Florida, bicyclists have the same rights and responsibilities as everyone else on the road. So when you ride, follow the rules. Always wear a helmet and use lights on your bike. And drivers, watch for cyclists. Give them space to ride. And don't forget when making that right on red, look to your right first to see if a cyclist is approaching in the bike lane. We all have a responsibility to keep ourselves and each other safe. Alert today, alive tomorrow. Because safety doesn't happen by accident. This message brought to you by the Florida Department of Transportation. At ViStar, we believe in better, especially in helping build a better financial future for our members. So we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up. We've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates. Saving members more than a million dollars this year, in addition to the millions we save them every year. If you believe that saving money is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. Ready, set, save. It's the Labor Day Sellathon at your local Ford dealer. Get ready for the best offers of the summer on the 2020 Ford lineup. Get low financing on an adventure-ready SUV like Escape or Explorer and the ready-to-go Ford Ranger. Or get big savings on the built Ford Tough F-150. You've waited for these deals and the wait is over. Ready, set, save. The Labor Day Sellathon is going on now. Don't wait. These deals won't last. Hurry to your local Ford dealer because it all ends September 8th. Welcome back. Final moments of Jaguars Happy Hour. The Doug Marone Show coming up in about five minutes. But uh, GM Dave Caldwell will join us today in the head coach's place. That's uh, on the Jaguars radio network at 5 o'clock. Final moments. Uh, J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Flogman, Tony Baselli. Let's go around the National Football League quickly and start 
in Washington, where a lot of news has come out of that city in the NFL in the last six months especially. The Post on Wednesday reported additional examples of workplace sexual harassment and made allegations that owner Dan Snyder was personally involved and reported a, a former cheerleader said that Snyder had invited her to a hotel room with one of his friends. There were extra cheerleading videos made especially for the owner. Snyder has since released a statement denying those allegations, Tony. Yeah, I mean, a lot of smoke coming out of uh, the Washington football team. And my guess is if the NFL digs into this and they come up with anything, uh, that any of this is true, uh, based off the investigation they're doing, you're going to see Daniel Snyder forced to sell or pressure pressured to sell. Um, I just don't think, listen, number one, it's wrong. You, you know, in a leadership position, you should not use that influence to try to get um, any sort of sexual favors or harassment or anything like that. It's uncalled for. There's no place for it. And I think if it is true, we'll wait and see, you know, innocent until proven guilty. Um, I, I think there'll be so much pressure and he'll have to sell the team. Yeah, just a real, real quick thought on that, JP. Uh, obviously, Daniel Schneider has denied the allegations. Uh, the, the big concern there for me is that the league has allowed the Redskins to do their own investigation and how in the world can an yeah. investigation be impartial if it's done by the team? So it's a good point, Jeff. Right. I think, call- I think if, the, yeah, if the league was smart, They'd get their own investigator in there immediately and do an independent investigation. You can't let the guy pick the guy who's going to investigate him. That's right. And uh, we'll, we'll see what the, the next steps are in Washington. Back to football now. Joe Mixon out of practice with migraines. But Joe Mixon also wants a new contract and does not have it yet. He missed practice Wednesday, not planning on practicing Thursday. But he has consecutive seasons, uh, three straight seasons of 1,000 yards rushing. Joe Mixon's one of the top running backs, right, Tony? Yeah, I think I, – I don't know if he's one of the top. Like, I don't think he's – he's not Alvin Kamara to me. Um, he's not McCaffrey to me. I'm not even sure he's Dalvin Cook to me because I think he's a, he's a good running back. I don't know if he's great out of the backfield. I don't. And Jeff, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't see him as a great pass catcher. And I think to be a great back that I'm going to pay a bunch of money to, you have to be multifaceted. I mean, you have to really be able to stress a defense in uh, different ways. And so um, he's a good player. Depends how much money he wants is whether I'm going to pay him or not. That, that's a tough position to, to try to kind of create your own leverage to get a contract. And uh you know, by the way, JP, I'm starting to get a headache. Uh, can can you and Tony <laughs> handle the Doug Marone show? Do you want a new contract too, Lars? Are you looking for a raise? Do you want a raise? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, I'm probably overpaid already. Well, we know that. <laughs> Let's. Let's one more note here before we get out of here. Um, Bengals cornerback Mackenzie Alexander's father was found alive after three days missing. He had been missing since Monday night after a berry-picking trip down in southwest Florida. He walked up to a ranger station at the Kissimmee Prairie Preserve State Park at 7.15 a.m. in good health, and that's great news, guys. Yeah, yeah I'd, love to, like, I'd love to ask like, the question, like, what would you do for three days? Like, where were you? Like, well, I mean... He's out in the world, and, and here's the in- interesting thing. His son left practice and went down, and there's an assault charge against him for him going after 
the last man who saw his dad. So crazy story. I mean, you wonder if you ever actually get to the bottom of it. It was, and well, we know he had berries to eat, that's for sure, so he made it through on a very picking trip, but good news that he's alive. Uh, Logs, we'll talk to you in a second. Bo, we'll talk to you next week. And, yeah, I'll uh, see you guys Saturday. Tony Baselli and Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. The Doug Marone Show coming up with Dave Caldwell, the GM. This is Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.